Welcome to the Amateur Movie Review Hour. I'm Trevor. With me, I've got Josh and Megs. Hello. Well, Josh is talking and chattering like the chatter. chattering teeth. But for Halloween? Well, it is, it is coming on that time. It's, it's getting in that it time. It is coming closer to Halloween where Hellraiser is a good movie to watch during what the month m- What month comes the most? Is it Halloween? Is that the, the best coming month? Coming. That's the best coming What's month. What's the best coming month? Christmas you're is like, mine. You think co- I the love Christ- Christmas. When Christmas is coming, you're like, Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. <laughs> There's a, yeah, that's a thing though. Like, mm-hmm. I love Christmas. You know what? I, I think October. That's the best coming month. I do. That's my birthday month. It, it's mine as oh, well. Oh, you guys so were both birthed in that month. Yeah, yeah we're both yeah. birthed in this month. Uh-huh. The month so, of terror. Off, very off topic, but I think instead of people being uh, their birthday, the actual, we should have conception days instead. Oh. Because like, oh. that's when you were actually formed. So we have know? to travel back in time? Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, roughly about nine months ago would have been my conception time. So it would have been January. Were you a New Year's baby? Were you? I don't know. My parents may have banged on New Year's. Yeah. With what, being what October, date is your birthday? The twenty eighth. Oh, you're yes. at the very end. So yes. I'm doubtful that it was actually like New Year's Eve. Sure. Um, I'm the twenty first, so I'm right before you. But you're a Scorpio. Yes. I'm a Libra. Yeah. So we're very, very different. I'm we're, on. We're at odds. Uh, the cusp. I'm the cusp. I'm the cusp. We're both. I think I think I'm a Labor Day. I'm a Labor Day baby. Like that's when I I would have been conceived Labor Day weekend. John and like let's get drunk, celebrate our attitudes and fuck. John was like, let's get some olive olive garden. Yeah, no, that's currently. Yeah, not now. The barbecue. (laughs) They they would have barbecued. And drank a bunch of shitty beer with with the old pop tops. You know, the good old yeah, yeah. the old style ones. We need a fucking can opener to do it. Yeah. Well, you didn't need it. You just had to rip them back. Instead of popping them down, you ripped them back. Yeah. Yeah, it was a ripping and a tearing. Rip, ripping and sipping. Ripping, ripping and a tearing. Is that what they did? Yeah. <laughs> ripping and sipping. Well, I don't want to hear about the tearing because <laughs> I think that happened when I was when actually came born. Out. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was a large baby. <laughs> Anyways, back to you, Trevor. What do you got? <laughs> well, uh, in, in, in anticipation of the movie that we'll be reviewing, which we'll get to here shortly. Um, I thought I'd bring up the Comic Code Authority or the Comics Code Authority, which was formed in 1954 by uh, the Comics Magazine Association of America as an alternative to government regulation. Um, The reason for it, the Comic Code, as what it is come to known later through common or through pop culture, um... There was a individual where I'm getting this information from Wikipedia, so I'm trying to find the individual. It's probably a Bob. It's always a Bob. Good old Bob. Bob Comics. Yeah, well, I cannot find it. Uh there was a there was a author. Oh uh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Uh, um, a psychiatrist named Frederick uh, Wortham, who wrote the book uh, uh, "Seduction of the Innocent," which in there went to say that certain types of exposure through art and literature could make the young children of America go crazy and 
and do things that they normally wouldn't because they read a pulp comic. That sounds like it, a it 50s just, and 60s ideal. Yeah. yeah, so so the Comic Code Authority was formed in that regard so that the comic books themselves could be like, in a way, regulate their their comics and mm-hmm. say, ooh, that's not, no, that's too dark. We, we don't want that. We, we want this lighthearted stuff, you know, like Archie and Jughead and those yeah. types of comics that were uh, quite popular. Yeah, a bunch of gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Yes, fucking RG. They, they eventually the comic book uh, uh, industry eventually got away from it and said, "Screw it." Uh, this this they the comic book companies and publishers they carried on this way up until the nineties. Yeah, like that's mm-hmm. why you some graphic novels like Frank Miller being a very big and prolific one. Um, I know there's other ones as he's well. He's the bi- he's the most well known yes, one that but general he, audiences he, would know. He started doing graphic. Yeah. He, I didn't say he started doing, but he was well he was well regarded in that industry of doing graphic novels, which was the workaround of these more innocent or lighthearted type of comics, yeah. even with the big names. With the big names, I don't want to go out and name anything. Well, you also have the 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 there was like uh, eras of comics too. Yes. You had your golden era. There was a silver. I don't know if there was a bronze or anything I'm like that. Sure. I'm not sure, but I think that's kind of when it went away from it because, um, it, society in general got a little more colorful. You know, when it came to that, and it, like you had shows on TV that were like doing things. You're like, oh, okay, oh yeah, like. Well, we had the Hayes. What was the Hayes laws? The you Hayes know, like Code. The Hayes yeah. Code. That's what movies. it was. The yeah. Hayes Code. And yeah. you had that, and that kind of like died during the whole like '60s sexual rev- revolution. The production yeah. code, but yeah. known as the Hayes Code. Yeah. Yeah. And that that kind of because there was a pre Hayes where people were starting to get a little crazy in the movies, and they were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that no more nudity, no more like yes. like homosexuality, no yes. more right. So it kind of that really that really got started in the forties, and then it went until about the sixties. Well, there, there. I found this out by listening to a podcast. Um, one of the highest grossing movies during the forties was actually it wasn't a pornography, but it was like a documentary. But people went and saw it because this was the first time that you could go see a naked woman. Or a vagina, or a pair of breasts on the oh, was screen. Was like French or something? No, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe. Um, I don't recall. I just recall that tidbit. Mm. I'd have to. I didn't have enough time to prepare this part, but it 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 still holds the highest grossing, even beating out some of the biggest ones that we've mm-hmm. been alive for. Yeah, just be, figure- just because people wanted to see nakedness yeah and you figure especially back then people didn't have televisions in their homes no. so people were going to the movies over and over and over yes. again that's how they watched movies so or that's how they watched anything so ticket ticket prices were only like they were so cheap they were a few the pennies so nowadays pennies, you know like you five, know 10 cents whatever, and but know. they were sure. still you know they were expensive for them to them they they cost a bit but they were going to the movies every weekend to see the same movies over and over again. So if there was something like that, then you know that they were going to see that over and over, maybe even during the week, the crazy weekdays, you know, you were going, sure. you were spending your, you were spending part of your paycheck on stuff like that. And, oh, yeah. and just remember if anytime you feel like Trevor's full of shit, you can always go to our Instagram, which is what Trevor? It is the, uh, amateur movie review hour. 
Yeah, go to that Instagram and just drop a note on there calling out Trevor about how he's full of shit and he says the wrong things because he 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 hates it. So you should tell <laughs> so him much, so much. You should tell him that. Like you you should see me when everybody leaves and I, I'm like, oh, I'm so wrong. I have to do a lot of hole patching all the time and painting, yeah. so you guys don't know. <laughs> but I just wanted to go over that little tidbit before we got before we started going over the review of our, our next movie. What is the amateur movie review hour? Before we began our podcast, the three of us curated a list of approximately 100 movie genres. We then fed that list to a magical random generator that we used to provide us with the movie genre. The three of us take turns choosing movies to watch that fit into the chosen genre. We then watch that movie and attempt to return bi-weekly to review and discuss that movie. The only movies that we have banned are Marvel and DC movies from the past 15 years. I am not a professional movie reviewer. I just love to watch movies and then review those movies with my friends and you, my fellow screen fiend. Okay. The movie that we uh, watched and are going to review is called Unbreakable. The writer and director and small bit role actor, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, The actors are Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, Robin Wright, Spencer Treat Clark, or Spencer Treat Clark, Charlene Woodard, and Emon Walker. Uh, I chose to leave off the pen part because she was Robin Wright Penn then. Yeah. She's not it, she doesn't no, care no. for that anymore. Yeah. The release date was November 14th, 2000. The runtime is 106 minutes. Megan. Why, why, why'd you pick this movie? I'll tell you why I picked this movie. Because this movie is my favorite superhero movie of all time. The minute I saw this movie, I was in love with it. I was already, I guess, a little bit of a fan because I liked The Sixth Sense. But this movie really made me a huge fan of M. Nights. And after that, um, it, it was a few years before I, I stopped loving everything he did. But this was definitely the first one. that I mean, Sixth Sense... It was good, but yeah. this one, this is the movie that really sealed me as a fan. Did something happen? Was there like a happening that, that occurred that there, made you like not like his movies it, you anymore? You know, it takes a village, but there was a happening. There was a happening mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there was a village involved. There was a village involved you. in the happening. Okay. Yeah. So wasn't there yeah. something in the water too? I loved Lady in the Water. I absolutely loved Lady in the Water. No, the water was beautiful. <laughs> the water was great. I love Lady in the Water. But there was like yeah. something happened in this village. There was a happening, in, was a happening in the village. There was a happening in the village. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, after yeah. that, it just kind of, you know. Yeah. But this is this is that movie where I was like, I want more. I was so angry that there weren't Im- immediate follow-ups. Sure. I thought this this would have been a great superhero series, like it was originally planned. I can't say that I'm in love with what where it went because it was so many years later. Um, but at the time, it was just I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the acting was great, and I just I loved the everyman. Um, aspect of this where it wasn't like ripping off a shirt and running out yes. to the running out and rescuing everybody it was it was so much more um simple yes and more realistic you know you yeah. know what would have been interesting if they did like you know in the form of like a black mirror if they did just like six like one hour however long like episodes but did that in the vein of like what was it elevator or devil what was it called devil 
So you do just that Ooh. to where there's, you know what I mean? Like each episode has yeah. that. It doesn't necessarily need to be like, oh, I was a devil the whole time. Fuck you. But like something in that essence to where it's like, you know, like just a pure evil kind of deal. Yeah. And it's not necessarily manipulation of man, but something in that form. I, I think, think that would have been cool. I think that nowadays, was good. that could have been a thing back then. I mean, this was only his third movie and only True. his second movie with this kind of feel. Yeah. You know? yeah. But then they, he started. Well, like we said, the happening in the village were like these, like not received well. No, but thank the Lord that we had signs and Lady in the Water in between. There you go. I know that not everybody agrees with me on those, but I love those movies. I like signs. Well. It's I just, loved- yeah, I agree. Signs was actually really good. I thought it was a great sci fi film. I loved it. And I love Lady in the Water, and I know nobody else does, but I just thought it was a lot of fun, and I love the cast. thought it was a great cast. I like the setting in that one, though. That's my favorite part. It's like this small apartment complex. Uh-huh. It's like this very like tight-knit group. I love that. That's what I love about it. And then things it. start happening. But the the, the whole end-all, be-all of it all was like, I was like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, I was, I was disappointed by the end of the movie, but everything leading up to like literally the last five minutes of the movie, I enjoyed thoroughly. I enjoyed it. My favorite part about it was that Ron Howard's daughter didn't speak through most of the movie because that would have ruined it. But she's a cute little girl and it was great that she kept her mouth shut. All right. Because look what happened to Jurassic Park. What, her her butt? Wait, hold on (laughs) a second. They had to seize your butt out. That in... That's Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah. In Science? No, not no, in, oh, in the Lady water. in the Water. Lady yeah, the water. okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, that's where I miss her. Joe was like, "Oh yeah, that's the Abigail Breslin, I think, wasn't it?" Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. The little girl in there, yeah, the one that puts the fucking yeah. water. That's what annoyed me about that science movies. The water cups everywhere. The water cups was very important to me because I am that girl. <laughs> I am. I will it's not fucking, drink contaminated water. Water you that's been sitting out. You can clean oh the my glass. god! I have, like water that's I've been, been to your house. Around. It's not dirty. No, I but water, you dirty. know like hair gets in water that's been sitting around. It's contaminated. I got a, my bathtub's half full all the time. I don't oh. know why, but it just is. <laughs> oh good lord! No, I can't handle it's that. Like, like the minute that happened, that is me. Like that, I very much agree with her on the water situation. I would save lives because of my water issues. Yeah, you. Mm. It, yes, sounds like a waster to me. Mm. A waster. I pour it into plants, though. Oh, that's okay yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't pour it down the drain. I don't have any plants, so I just pour it out it. into the plants outside <laughs> pour, your door. I pour it into my my bathtub, my half full bathtub. Oh my god, you're so weird. <laughs> it's getting some nice algae. It's so fine. Bizarre. That's gross. Hey, you're 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 creating your own food source. Algae <laughs> is a food source. Yeah. <laughs> just scoop it up with my hand. <laughs> oh my god, that's so. Oh sorry. Revolting. Oh sorry, Molly. Not for you. Oh poor Molly. Josh, what 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 are your thoughts about this movie? Were you were you happy that Megan picked this? Were you? I liked I liked this movie when I originally saw it. Like it's not a movie I've watched a lot. I'm not like it doesn't like bang down my door and I'm like oh I gotta watch fucking this movie like because you know any any Shyamalan movies like that because it's like you go you get the twist and you're like all right you know that's the best part. This one has a good lead up to it, but it's so it's so whispery. Everybody's like whis- everybody's whispering the whole time. It feels like yes, and I'm yes. like, okay, I get it. You know, you're trying to create the suspense. I don't think anybody whispers in Philadelphia. But- no, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they just flip you off. But it get it, I, like my thing is this: when I get, it didn't have the the, the 
the trope of superhero, which is self-sacrifice. Yes. And what when I say that, here's what I get. Like when I see a movie with so I'm not. No, my, my, I'll disagree with that. Because he did, he did do a self say. He did sacrifice a big portion of himself to. He started out self sacrificing. Yeah. Yes. That was how it started. Yeah, but that was like, and that was why he was so upset and so. But he happy. didn't know he was a superhero. He just like he just said, "Oh yeah, football or my my True. my my girl," you know. But we also have to remember this movie was written to be a trilogy, so that like this is just the this is just the beginning. This is a birth. This is the yeah. birth of a man, and he's finding out that there's something inside of him that's different than everybody else. Yeah, and he's not just a football player who had to give up his career. He was a superhero. Who has to save everyone? Thank you for doing the whisper because that 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 fits it completely. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like for me, it didn't give me like certain movies, certain superhero movies. Like when I watched them, it like I get an actual experience from it where my like like I just can't help it. Like my like I'll I'll, I'll throw a tear down or something like that. Like yeah. it's meaningful. This didn't have meaning to me. You know All, what I mean, one hundred percent. I feel that way as well. Yeah, there was no meaningful growth it was like just it didn't have revelation. that it doesn't have that like moment where you're kind of like you're in awe oh see i was in awe during the saving really? of the children and um the well the dead mother but um Do the you saving see of the children that like yeah. that got me right there like that was my but kind of my thing I, it's probably because we're kind of like you know we've seen so many of these just normal people doing that stuff that it doesn't make you know it doesn't really hit but when you see like superman you know, like going with the American flag, putting it on top of the oh, building yeah. and shit. It just has that like that sense of awe, and you're just like almost speechless for a second and wide eyed. I just don't get this from that. It's a great movie, like it's a great movie, but as far as superhero stuff, it doesn't hit on the same note that certain things do, other things do. So that's just my own perspective of it. But yeah. I don't know. Okay. I I get it. I do get it because I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I get it more as this is an everyman um, superhero. Yeah. Where it's like anybody can be a super superhero. It doesn't have to be that climbing up to the top of a building. Like you don't get that from Deadpool or anything like that. You know, he just murders yeah. people and yeah. he's funny. But yeah. you know, there there are. But he, it, and that's it, that's a comedy yeah. movie in general. Yeah. Yes. The, and this, like to me, it was like he he made himself a hero to his son. Like when he throws that newspaper down yes. for the son at the end, it's kind of like the kid who was going through his parents were splitting up, and he didn't really. I mean, he thought of his dad probably as kind of a like a loser, you know, Probably. and all of a sudden now his dad is like this great hero. And then he just proved it by throwing down this newspaper. And he's like, wow, my dad's a real hero, but we have to keep it quiet. I, you know? I, yeah, I'll walk back in, in that moment. Other, I was like, okay, I, I, that was actually pretty momentous mm -hmm. for, for those two characters like yeah. that. Yes. That was a growing moment for his character. And I'm going to tell you yeah. the exact moment that didn't keep me in awe when we get to that point in the in the in the in, in the review. So, okay. well, like, I'll tell you exactly where I was like, "That's it. This is exactly why." I'm going to tell you why. So let's let's get this shit started. I all wait right. with bated breath. You got more to say? Or? No, no. I think I think we've covered it yeah. all. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is your spoiler warning. Yep. You've been spoiled. <laughs> but you are every time you listen to our beautiful voices. Oh, yes. Mm. Refreshing. 
9.5, bro. Here we go. Woo! Woo-wee! The movie opens with a title card, a title card about comics, which has probably changed since the year 2000. Off screen, we hear a newborn child crying in a 1961 Philadelphia department store dressing room. A doctor, played by Amon Walker, is directed to the mother, played by Charlene Woodard, as she lies on a couch. The doctor examines the newborn, inquiring about the newborn's name. Elijah, the mother, responds. The mother asks if the child should be crying like it is. The doctor questions the department store worker how long the birth took. He looks concerned at the answer. He asks if the newborn has been dropped. He asks the same worker if she dropped the newborn, and she replies, Jesus Christ, no, replied the worker. The doctor asks for an ambulance to be called. He has never seen anything like this before, he states to the mother. Get opening credits, white text on black background. I didn't remember it being so short. Like it was just it was just Sam Jackson, Bruce Willis, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any more actor credits on that in the beginning. Yeah. That was it. I was like, yeah. I don't remember it being that. I was expecting it to be a little bit longer. So no. I must be remembering something else. Yeah, because it really just gets to the point right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it opens with a bored Bruce Willis staring out the window of the East Rail 177 train headed for Philadelphia. An attractive young woman asks if he is alone. He replies, yeah. He removes the wedding ring from his ring finger. He spies a magazine, hoping to strike up a conversation with the young woman. Instead, she asks for uh, a sports magazine. She reveals that she is a sports agent. He cracks a joke about wanting to become a synchronized swimmer. However, he believes his fear of Wooter may be a problem. Mm-hmm. He introduces himself as David Dunn. David makes Kelly uncomfortable, and she finds another seat on the train. He puts his wedding ring back on his ring finger. A train whistle blows frantically in the distance. David looks around at people becoming cautious. Just before the scene ends, it appears that the train is starting to roll over. We cut to somewhere in Philadelphia where Joseph Dunn, played by Spencer Treat Clark, maybe 10 years old, watches TV upside down on his parents' couch. He flips through channels until he stops on a news report about a train accident. The report states the East Rail 177 train has derailed and rescue crews are on site. The young boy leaves the couch, heads to the kitchen to read a note stating, Dad, East Rail 177, 3.40 p.m. This is David's son. So the David Dunn, that's your classic um, Mm -hmm. homage to comics and their double. Peter Parker, you know, Bruce Banner. Clark Kent. Clark. Even though that's not, they sound the same, so that works. Yes, it's phonetically. No, this was a Marvel thing, strictly. Like Marvel did that on purpose. And that was a, that was a, what was his name? A Stan Lee thing. Oh, okay. He purposely did those because he, he was like, I want it to pop and like pop in your head. And whenever it is like phonetically like two letters, you kind of like go, oh yeah, that's why I remember most of this shit. But yeah, but even the bad guys, like, well, no, some of the bad guys didn't, and that kind of defined them as the bad guys, as you know, as you sort of see in this re- <laughs> in, in this see. movie. Yeah. David wakes up in a hospital. An ER doctor, played by Michael Kelly, attends to David. He tells David that he was in a train derailment. The doctor asks a series of questions, to which David replies no to each question. The doctor asks where David was sitting. 
The doctor is flabbergasted as to why David is alive. The doctor explains that only two of the 130 people aboard the train weren't killed in the derailment, but soon that number will be one, and it will be just David. Weirder still, the doctor explains that David has zero injuries, no concussion, no scratch, nothing. And at that point, I feel like they're under this situation is way under the radar. It's oh, a, it's nothing but a news article. Like you would have if shit like that happened, you would have probably the CIA, the mm-hmm. FBI at well, your house. You would have fucking you'd religious have, people. Mm-hmm. You'd have publicists beating down your door yeah. saying. Yeah. Here's a press junket yeah. that we can make you money on, but really we're going to make more money on There's a made-from-TV movie yeah. in the works yeah, immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wish they would have thrown that in there because that's what would have that's. I don't what think the fucking phone rang once. It, no. But it's, it's also M. Night Shyamalan, and he does everything so very, like, just everything. You can't have toned that kind down. of. Yeah, it's so toned down. It's so, like, uh, you can't have even the the reporters at the, at the yeah. hospital. They were very... They yeah. stayed back, even though they were all taking pictures of him. Nobody approached him. Nobody said anything to him. That's what I'm saying. Because they it's almost dreamlike. Everything's so dreamlike. It's yeah. not like it's not necessarily what would really happen. It's almost what is happening in your dream, where everybody's just kind of like on the other side of this, mm-hmm. this like, like this plexiglass. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and when he walked out of the hospital and down like that hallway, I they did a good job at giving. Like, I understand the, the survivor's family don't give a shit about him. Right. I get that 100%. And, yes, there should have been press trying to press on, like, right. get up to him, microphone, tape recorder, whatever the fuck it was. But the survivor's his... family wants to know where their people are. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised yes. if they would run up to him and be like, Wait, do you know my, did you yeah. see my well, that's child? Thing, that, yeah. That's one thing, though. At that point, they probably didn't release anything, though. You got to think. Like, they're in the hospital. They're still mm. working through the people. They're like, we... We have unconfirmed amount of this. I, you know what I, I mean? So, I, I find there, that hard yeah. to believe. There would have been one sleazebag journalist yeah. who found out exactly yeah. where those people were. The New but, York Post would have been on top and of His it. movies aren't realistic. The only thing that's realistic really about M. Night Shyamalan's movies are that the sets are gorgeous and so oh, yeah. realistic. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. when it comes down to it, the people are not. Like nothing that ever happens in the movies are really that realistic around them. You know, they're just walking dreamlike through a movie. And they're the only characters in the movie yeah. that matter. So you're not even supposed to notice the background players. They're not no, really like, a thing. And like we, like we talked about, the, the guy's like, you were in an accident and um, you, you, <laughs> you have no scratches. We're, we're going to talk this low so, so that every way, everybody on home has to turn yeah. their volume way up. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever been in a hospital, uh, they're really loud. Yes. There's no, no, they don't care if people are trying to sleep. They don't give a shit. They're right. just like, anyway. Yes. <laughs> so you're alive and everyone else, this guy's going to fucking die right behind me and from a bleed out in the middle. You know? yeah. The middle. The that, middle. That, middle bleed that, out. Middle that bleed. Was, that was pretty cool. I like I like that as they're, ta- as they're talking in the background, in the foreground. You start seeing it and yes, nobody's doing a damn thing no. about it. There's no, nobody's rushing around. No. Nobody. The, the the blood pressure like alarm would have been going yeah, they off. They still had that then. It's not like a new thing. Yeah, They've no. had this the blood pressure thing for what forty years? Yeah, fifty. Like yes. it's, it's been yeah. a long running thing. They just knew no they noise. Could, they can't do anything for middle bleed. Sorry, you're slowly dying, <laughs> middle bleeder. Middle bleed is not something that we can work on in this hospital. Just, you're like you're like a blood volcano. I just don't know what to do here. <laughs> 
Because it's Philly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're in yeah. Philadelphia, not New York City. We can't deal with middle bleed. <laughs> so David walks out of the ER into the hall that is lined with the worried faces of the family and friends of the other dead passengers. Oh, of the dead passengers, not others. Just the dead ones. <laughs> just the dead ones. Joseph sees David, rushes up to David and hugs him. His wife, Audrey Dunn, his wife, Audrey Dunn, played by Robin Wright, is slow to follow. That's our first indication that something's We troubled. know something's yep, up. Yep. Back at home, Audrey asks David what happened in New York. He says he doesn't he says he doesn't think he got the job. The Dunn family attends a memorial service for the dead of the East Rail 177. When David and his family go to leave, David finds a note titled Limited Edition. Inside there is a message, and it reads, How many days have you been sick? He looks around, but nobody is there. David returns to work. Turns out he's a security guard. A security guard at a university of some sort. Uh, he goes to HR and says, Hey, how many days have I been how many days have I taken um off or called out sick? Uh, they don't have the answer for him right away. David stands in the rain looking longingly at football practice as the footballers practice in the rain. Noel Noel comes to see David, who is his supervisor, in the staff locker room to tell him that he gets a $40 a week raise because he's never taken a sick day. I like how that plays out. Like, I, I, I wonder if people have actually tried that. But like, hey, boss, how many times have I taken a sick day? God damn it. You need a raise or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially back then. I sure. love that old secretary. Yes. She was yeah. just so, like, no nonsense. Like, she wasn't even looking at him the entire time, just yeah. typing. We don't have secretaries like that anymore. No. We, I miss them. They were great. They didn't give a shit about anything that was going on. They just got their jobs done. Yes. They lived and breathed their secretarial <laughs> jobs, and they were amazing. Working nine to five. <laughs> David returns home, and he has trouble sleeping that night. David goes to ask Audrey if she can remember the last time that he was sick. Audrey doesn't remember. David finds it weird that he can't remember being sick. I found it weird that his wife had absolutely sure. just like, that was my kind of, my problem with that was just kind of like, I don't know. Like, um, I don't remember. Uh, I'm sure you've been sick. Like, I know what's going on in my household. I know that if I'm sick or not. I know that if people in my household get sick or not. Like, it just seems so very odd. And just, she, she was so sweaty in that movie. <laughs> She was always sweaty. She just seemed sweaty. I don't know. And I, wait, I, were, was the family with him when he went to the funeral? I thought he went alone. Um, Didn't he just sit alone in a pew, I, kind I, of? I don't. Maybe he was alone. I know. I know when he came out, when he went to his car and got the note. Mm -hmm. And he no, was he like was the alone. only. He was alone. And wasn't he the only car left in the parking lot? Yes, like, he was the only car left. left in the parking lot. He's like, yes. I'm just going to stay here in this church and think. Yeah, about that, it. that that that's. I think that's the. Uh, I don't think, and I don't know, but I've seen that. I have seen that before mm -hmm. in other types of like, oh, who could have left this behind yeah, when I'm, there's the only car I'm in a grocery store parking yeah. lot at five o'clock on a. Saturday? Yeah. I got the only one left. Not even the staff of this church is still here. I just stayed. They let me stay. We go to the next scene where it is West Philadelphia in 1974. 
we see a young Elijah Price staring at a blank TV. His mother admonishes him for sitting in the room. He doesn't want to get hurt again and won't go outside, ever. The mother tells him, God wills as God wills, whether inside or outside. The young boy tells his mom, the other kids call him Mr. Glass because he, he breaks like glass. His mother tries to encourage him to be brave, so she tries another tactic. He has a present, she says, but it is on a bench across the street. Elijah retrieves his present, a comic book, specifically active comic, battle with Jagaro. Elijah's mother explains that there will be one out here for whenever he wants to go outside and cross the street. I feel like they should have done like a the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I do too. Yeah. On the West Philadelphia, I'm born and raised. <laughs> but don't forget, she also tells him, "I hear there's a surprise at the end." Or this one has what is it? This one has a, a tw- not a twist. There's a, um, there's a, a, no, I thought it was. No, it's a, it, something ending. What does she say? This um, one has a a surprise ending. Surprise ending. A surprise I think, ending. Yeah, sounds right. Which is all M. Night Shyamalan. No, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yes. We all find out that, oh, it was actually water all along. Water. <laughs> Shut up. I love that movie. Uh, it cuts to an original pencil drawing of the active comic issue cover from the prior scene. An older Elijah Price, played by Samuel L. Jackson, explains the nuances of comic hero and villain drawing to his, the customer in his comic book art gallery. The customer offends Elijah, causing Elijah to vehemently retract the sale. And Elijah paper cuts him down quite thoroughly, throwing insults left and right at him. Yep. David and Joseph walk in the doors of limited edition as Elijah attempts to brush them off until David tells him about the note. Elijah, David, and Joseph discuss David's health the perception of real-life superheroes in comics, Elijah's history and medical condition known as Type 1 Osteogenesis Imperfecta. Sounds like a superpower to me. Sure. And the jam to his peanut butter. Basically, if he is super frail, then there has to be someone unbreakable. David kindly tells Elijah to fuck off. He's like, yeah... Nah, this is nonsense. I'm, and he does it. He does it very, very kindly. Mm-hmm. Like, like as a nice person, as a hero would do in a way. In a way, not, he also did it in that way that that kind of um, working class guy who uh-huh. feels like he's being made fun of yes. by somebody. You know, yes. like you're you're trying to make a fool of me. Um, even though, Fancy you know, man making fun yeah, of him. Do not, you know, like don't put me in. Don't you're you're trying to embarrass me in front of my son in yeah. in some ways, yeah. you know. You and yes. especially because the kids like, yeah, my dad's a superhero. Oh yeah. But yeah, and I love and I did love the scene where he went off on that guy because his child named Jeb. Mm-hmm. I love that, that the kid's name is Jeb. It was like, did you take that from the bushes? Because the bushes were sure. around at the time, you know. Oh, it was they like, were they were like, fully empowered. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like this whole Jeb thing like your your toddler named Jeb you know an infant named Jeb you will not have you know I'm just picturing this child whose name is Jeb wandering around in diapers and I'm trying to picture what child looks like Jeb as a little child well even this that individual like 
uh, I, I imagine he was some type of banker or, yeah. you know, the early, because this was, you, I don't think it was that early, but it was still a very prosperous time in America. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know. Oh, yeah. Why would he? Like, oh, Wall Street was pumping right oh, sure, then. And sure. he was like a dude. He was the typical, typical douchey, like kind of short, like I, I make a lot of money. There for a second. I was going, oh, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> I will not speak of your people that way. Uh, no, he was like that short kind of like little douchey guy who was just like, my kid Jeb's going to love this. He's going to love it. You know, and they're just like, ugh. I, it would have been better if he's like, yeah, my kid Dominic. <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Well, you're Jeb was just so over there. We I got anti-Semitism and anti-Italian going on here. Jeb was so weird because the guy named his kid like this Jeb. I mean, yeah. the Bushes are these Texans. The sure. guy the guy was just like this ran, like random little like guy and i was like my son jeb yeah like you picture jeb riding horses you know like riding around a ranch and it's like this guy doesn't look like he's ever seen a ranch or hunting beavers Jebediah. <laughs> <Jebediah>. <laughs> uh, david seems shaken from the meeting with elijah so david goes to a closet and reads about an article that was written on himself uh let's back up one second okay Sorry. um two things one thing i already briefly spoke to megan about is um the purple the purple he's wearing a lot of purple yes and in my head i'm like did the mother person to for the purple but no sam sam jackson loves purple sam was like i want this motherfucker decked out in purple really motherfucking purple (laughs) he loves purple he's known to love purple 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 lightsaber mace windu Mm -hmm. okay he loves purple and i didn't yeah i i I looked at that later and that's when okay but i thought i thought that was a a a stylistic choice of Shyamalan. i thought i thought he wanted him to wear purple well that is this and this character was written not for Sam Jackson. So sure. I have a feeling it was going to go a very different way with the guy. And then all of a sudden, I mean, knowing Sam Jackson loves purple. I mean, that's his thing. So I'm guessing he was kind of like, I want purple. Well, that's cool. And he like, was a big it, enough star at the time to say, oh, I yeah. want purple. Oh, yeah. And now, okay, so this is big spoiler part, but I feel like that's the scene where he first meets Elijah is the most important. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has this power where he kind of gets the feeling of what people are going to do or Mm -hmm. whatever like almost like a thing now they don't touch they don't touch but Mm -hmm. he offers the boy a glass of water and he says don't drink that water yes 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 yeah i feel like he had a feeling about elijah from then but it kind of came around the other way because he trusted him to a point. Yeah. And also the water, which fucking is water, water, it's just water. So that whole scene right there was basically like telling you what's going to happen in this fucking movie. Oh yeah. fucking water kills you. And this guy's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. What do you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. There, it was, it was a lot of foreshadowing in there. There yeah. is that. And I, don't, a- I wouldn't even call it foreshadowing. I think he just fucking said, this is it. If you don't realize it right now, like <laughs> boom, Foreshadowing is supposed that that wasn't. I mean, it is foreshadowing, but I feel like that was straight up saying yes. This is the movie. I, I, I you know, and then I'm gonna pay more picture, and then yeah, because everybody knows him by then. You know, Sixth Sense has already happened, things of that nature. So it's like, I felt like he was trying to. He'd literally only done one popular movie before this. Nobody saw. Yeah, was Sixth Sense before that, right? Yeah, Sixth Sense. Yeah, Wide Awake. But Wide Awake was like, and Wide Awake wasn't a twist movie, really. And 
and it nobody nobody really put. But those once you get busted to, for a twist, though, huh? then people are always looking for the twist. Yes. I don't know if I I got I don't know if you I think you have to have more than one twist so before people saying, are looking for it. No, I think because because be, wide awake I would suspect him. Wide awake didn't have any kind of twist. No, and well, that was a it was that was, I believe it was a comedy more. Than it was anything. a religious kind of a religious Just some satire um, or something. Or? Yeah, I I don't think it was so much of a comedy because it's kind of, it like a kind of a sad uh, dramedy. I guess a dramedy. Yeah. Sure, sure. But what I'm saying is, I feel like he they showed that, and then they kind of dug their way out of it to kind of make it like it wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? To where, oh no, you can trust this guy; it's fine. Yeah. So they showed you the face of the enemy, and they're like, "No, he's fine. He's going to help him and stuff like well, that." Well, and he's also, like, I think you felt for him because he had such a you know he was. Well, in yeah, pain, yeah. and you you saw frail. his face when he was frail, and you saw his face in pain, and you you kind of you were like, this guy's going to be his his friend. He's going to be his helper, friend slash mentor, because yeah. he knows the rules. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then and I and I think it did sum it up like when he was explaining his own position. Like I said, the jam to his peanut butter was yeah. he's super frail. Mm-hmm. There's got to be somebody yeah. out there who's opposite. Like mm-hmm. I read, I. Yeah, I could I could see your point that that was that was it right there. It was the, like, yeah, hello, you and me are diametrically opposed. So here we are. Stop me. With which I I I read books, um, where that does happen frequently, where the villain is somebody that comes is creates some type of real strong emotional friendship or bond. Mm-hmm. With the protagonist, and then later on the twist is revealed, but like, oh, it's been me all along, right? And now you feel bad about it because you got to save either them or me. Which one? Like the good son. Ooh, yes. Oh yeah. Uh, so David seems shaken from the meeting with Elijah, so he goes ahead and reads an, reads an article about himself um, in the paper. David then goes to the closet to retrieve a file folder from the top shelf and checks his revolver. The folder contains articles about his illustrious football career, as well as an article about a car accident involving David. Audrey confronts David about being with someone since the separation. David answers no. Audrey says she wants to start the marriage again. She cites the accident as a reason why. She also says something cute about asking her out sometime. The next day is game day at the university. David is running security at one of the many gates. There is a voice over the handheld radio that says he has a visitor at another gate. It is Elijah coming to try and convince David that him being a security guard makes him a superhero. While escorting Elijah out of the stadium, David brushes up against one of the attendees standing in line, which was M. Night Shyamalan. Mm -hmm. David casts a suspicious look at the attendee. Elijah also looks back when David has has his attention turned forward again. Wait, no, 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 this wasn't the M. Night Shyamalan one. He was in the bathroom. No, that was he the, was the guy who went yes. to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that come. I believe that comes after this. It's after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's after. Yeah. So, so David ends up bumping into a guy with like a camo jacket on, mm-hmm. 
Um, Those guys they, they, they would They would have gotten it from their tour in the first Iraq war. It was named with probably Jeb, too. I thought it was Jeb. <laughs> it was Jeb, too. So, Elijah, you know, after David returns his uh, attention forward, Elijah looks back and notes the guy. David tells one of the security guys to do a pat-down. Elijah asks David why. David goes on to explain that people who have weapons will get get out of the attendance line when they know that pat-downs are ha- happening. As he says that, the, uh, the man in the camo jacket leaves the line. Elijah asks David how he knew. And David just shrugs it off his experience. Elijah prepares to leave the stadium when he sees the man in the tan camo jacket. Elijah follows him down a set of stairs, but in his haste, he stumbles down the stairs, fracturing many bones. That fall was... Yeah. That was just, I cry. Yeah. Like, I, it upsets me when I see him, and he looks so sad when he lands. And even though after years, I know he's, you know, I know what's going on. But at Although, the same time, his his face makes me so sad. I don't think it was as sad. I think it was oh, he an, was, oh shit. Like, yeah. it was because... Elijah gets his answer. He gets the his answer. The dude has his gun as the as as the guy jumps over the the, the but it's subway right gate. before before the the happiness that he like that satisfaction sure. that sadness that sure. when he first landed and the pain yes. that, like I felt but so was that sorry the pain or the possibility of not getting the answer he wanted though? Yeah. it could it could have been both, both but as soon but as soon yeah. as he sees that the dude did have a weapon it all changed yeah. like it, it was went like, different I, it, it was, was worth like, it yeah I fucking knew it yeah. That was also one of those like long falls, like almost comedy style, where <laughs> yeah, it lasted like, a, a really uh, long time. It was uncomfortably long. It was like, is this just gonna end already, or is yeah. it just gonna be? Yeah, I was sad when the cane broke because the cane was just so pretty. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty cane. I liked it. David returns home from work. He heads to the basement to work out. Joseph wants to tag along. David is amazed that um, he can lift 350 pounds, well above his expectations. We cut to Elijah in the hospital in the in the hospital with a fractured hand, three fractured rib, and a shattered right leg. The prognosis for Elijah isn't good. There are months and months of rehab ahead for Elijah. Mister Glass emerges. Audrey is at work. And her new patient is none other than Elijah Price. Elijah elicits knowledge from Audrey, information such as the the accident that caused David to quit football. Audrey tells Elijah that she couldn't live her life with someone that played football. She respected David, the way he played, the dedication. She just couldn't bring herself to that point because it was the opposite of her career as a healer. You know, he could have made fucking millions of dollars. <laughs> 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 All right, so you skipped over just a couple of things. The, yeah, the there work, were there were the a couple of things. Session. Like I didn't want to drag that out too long yeah. because it was a it was it was a long that way was, to say that he finds out he can lift fucking a shit ton. No, of but that was like the coolest part for me. That was like when it was actually the full realization of I'm a superhero and I may be fully unbreakable. And he also they also remembered that boy who was playing football with the kids. That's the Temple yes. University yeah. kid yeah, that, who yeah. on that, the train he yes. learned about from that young lady who yes. died. And he's you like, know, yeah, it runs a six four three forty or yeah, four three yeah. forty. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and that and that was that thing where the kid was like, that that you know, this is the his cousin's amazing, and it's like, 
I just want to be with my dad, and my dad might be a superhero, so I'm kind of going to go with my dad. Sure, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens here. So cumulative damage. Do you think uh, um, Sam Jackson's injuries are less or more than the combination of John McClane and Zeus in um, <laughs> in Die Hard with the Vengeance? Oh no, oh, dude, they got shot like fucking ten times. Yeah, like uh, they probably have multiple broken bones, but I would probably give it to Glass because yes. he's so brittle. Well, his right leg, like his whole leg, it was or, it was shattered. It was, in, it was a yeah, spiral yeah. fracture. So that means his leg just kept twisting and twisting and twisting and twisting and twisting mm-hmm. and breaking and breaking. And yes, breaking yeah, like that one was much worse than what they experienced in Die Hard with a Vengeance. But he immediately was like, I'm going to go meet the wife now. This gives me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, yeah, I'm going to use this to, to my advantage. And kind of like that. Yeah, so. it wasn't very, it was a long shot. Like, to get to there, unless he he worked it out to where he would be going to see her as, as a rehab and he Patient. seems to have enough money where he could be like, "Hey, I'll use my own money. You don't have to use. You don't have to get uh, insurance he wants approval." Private, yeah. You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he's also just that um, uncomfortable where he's not like you know he's a little awkward, so he makes her uncomfortable immediately. Oh, like, sure, a, a better villain would have known how to kind of f- have a little more finesse. Yeah, I think but he was new on the. Yeah, he was new on that part. This is yeah. a guy who doesn't hasn't like he didn't grow up talking to girls because he was Mister Glass, you know. So yeah. he doesn't have that that extra finesse. The that, charisma. That, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have like what a lot of villains would have, where they can kind of move in and out and just be like hello lady hey fancy lady sure. look at me you know and like he would hit on her yeah. and then she'd find out that no she was married or had a yeah. boy like and then you go oh really what does he do blah blah, blah. yeah 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 instead he's just like i want to know more about david and that was a Tell problem me about yeah. david. and that and that and that was his slip up by saying david's name what does david do? Andre, what does that dick uh-huh. do <laughs> When Audrey knows that he had never, she had never stated his name. Right. So that was his slip up, and yeah, maybe his inability or or his lack of social. I think it's just a lack of social or, skills. Do you think like if someone did that to you and they like they're like oh we're like no one ever met Trevor and I'm like oh yeah my buddy is like oh yeah tell me about Trevor but I we think I would re- I'm like. I didn't say Trevor. You know, because they do that in so many movies. Josh, sure. Josh would you say, just look I over must it? have been drunk and you I accidentally said You think you'd possibly go like, oh shit, I don't know if I said that or not. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But she's, because it's she's so, sober. Like, it's, she's sober and she just met this guy, whereas you were like, you would be drunk and be like, my buddy Trevor, um, did no. I say Trevor earlier? I don't know. No. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. I don't know. Think about that though. Would you? Would you just gloss over it? I, it, I think it depends. If you literally just started talking to the person and you haven't gotten that far in the conversation, I think then you would be able to kind of say, "Oh no, I never said that person's name." Yeah. However, if you've been talking for a little while and you're drink and you're drinking, um, then you might be like, "Shit, did I say Trevor's name or yeah. did I not?" Now she's completely sober. She's at a, a health facility. And he's been asking her questions, and she's answering. She's not offering. I think the, anything. Yeah, she's not offering true. her own. I think the difference, though, is like in a normal sense, it's a, it's a slip up. I don't think he slipped up, though. I think he did that on purpose. Okay. To kind of push her position into that, you know, and, and that's possible. Yeah. But I do, I do think it's one of those things. Because like, he's like the Lex Luthor, like the very analytical. Yeah. You know, LL. like I know what I'm doing. LL Lex Luthor. There you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's opposite. So in in DC they do the double letters. No, in DC I'm they do aware. all of them. 
because it's Lois Lane, Luke's Le- Luth- Lex Luthor, um, Lana Lane, CK. La- oh, Lois Lana Lane, Lane, Lana Lang with a G. Yeah. Barry Schwitzer. That's not Schwitzer. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Flash. Barry Allen. I'm the Flash. <laughs> no, that's Barry Allen. Well, that's it. Barry Allen. Uh, shit. I can't, yeah, no, it's I okay. can't remember the other ones. There was John. John Stewart. It's yeah, really John that was, Stewart. That was, yeah. that was, that was Green. That Green was Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we cut to another game day. David stands in the middle of the crowd trying to practice his ability. David gets a glimpse of... Whoa. David gets a <laughs> glimpse of someone. Cut to Elijah trying to explain to Audrey about David's survival. Elijah confesses to Audrey that David is a superhero. Another brush-up by a passing fan reveals something nefarious. David follows his target, played by M. Night Shyamalan. But his hunch was a dud. David gets a call over the radio. Joseph was hurt at school. When David goes to pick up Joseph from David, or when when David goes to pick up Joseph from school, David is reminded of an incident by the school nurse. David listens in fear about his near drowning. Joseph tells David he got hurt because he thought he was like David. David insists to Joseph that they are both normal, but Joseph adamantly opposes that thought. Uh, I enjoyed. I really liked the nurse's tale. Like yeah. you don't with you, it's just a folk tale of a near drowning, <laughs> but you actually motherfucking died. Like we pulled you out and you were dead, but you came back to life, mm-hmm. and that and hence we know his. This it, is his his fear. It is that weird thing that he doesn't remember anything about his childhood. He remembers the accident like it was yesterday when he oh, does sure. a flashlight, but he doesn't remember that he was the little boy who was pulled out. And I could understand that, except that did he not have a family? Like your family's kind of like, hey, stay away from the pool. Remember that time you fell in? Like I don't know. We we haven't seen if if he does, they're not a big part of his life right now. No, or or they're dead. Or they're dead. Yeah, they could be dead. It just does seem like. I mean, my cousin was bitten by a dog when she was little, and like she have superhero powers like a dog, and and, and she got she became a superhero (laughs) dog. Like she can hear what dogs think. Yeah. Um, Also, my grandmother, my grandparents were both sides. My grandparents were like stay away from dogs like you i didn't i had to hear about that for the next few years because of that so it wasn't like like people like to remind you of terrible things that happen they don't like keep them quiet they literally will push it down your throat no, like you stay were, away stay away from the pool well, there's a, your, you mind, your mind goes on a track like it's if something bad happens to somebody you normally visit your own shit to the most part you know what i mean like you kind of go like similarities and yeah. stuff like that you'll kind of go like oh yeah oh yeah i remember yeah. that now i felt but in it's the like pool. A, it's like it's not like i'm locking a door and then all mm-hmm. the shit's inside and you're like oh god there's all that shit i don't want to think about it ah! and, i mean there's that thing where he may have forgotten everything that happened that day because of the trauma but you would think his parents would be like hey remember that day because it's not like they were they, the, his parents were 1960s and 70s parents yeah. they were not like 80s and 90s parents where they're like yeah. okay son let's not talk about the trauma because yeah. we don't want to bring it back up they were the parents who were going to be like okay son stay away from the water remember what happened the last yeah. time you went near it that's what they're going to say 
Well, that and also apparently it became a huge myth at the school. So, you know, yeah. they yeah. talked about it for really, years I mean, until he yeah. left the school. Well, yeah. it could, it, it's still something that they talk about yeah. Yeah. at the and school. And he was the kid. At, at Joseph's school. Yeah. yeah. So he lives there still. Yeah, he's, he grew up in the exact same neighborhood that he lives in. So, and which is very common, uh, especially back east. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But th- that's the kind of thing that he probably grew up with all the same kids and probably still knows most of them. He went to school with Audrey. And oddly, they have no friends whatsoever. That's yeah. because they whisper so much. Yeah. <laughs> no one can fucking understand them. You, wanna, you guys want to come to a dinner party? <laughs> Are you going to whisper all night? <laughs> This is just how we talk. We're we don't very, speak to each other. I can't at all. even hear yeah, you yeah. down at this end of the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they probably got the giant whiteboard. And yeah. stuff doing stuff. I do like how. Oh, uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Back at home, Audrey informs David about Elijah, but they are interrupted by Joseph brandishing David's revolver from the closet, threatening to shoot. Threatening to shoot David. We don't shoot friends, David or Joseph. We don't shoot friends. That's a stupid line. That's my favorite line. It was a great scene. We don't shoot friends, Joseph. (laughs) And then then he turns it. I want to be very mad at you. So they're like whispering the whole time. Like this is the one part where I was like, I right, turn it down because I don't need him to be yelling at this. <laughs> it reminds me of Poltergeist when they're like, sure. tell her you'll spank her, Steven. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I don't spank my kids. And she's like, tell her you'll spank her, Steven. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love it. Love it. But Audrey and David tried and successfully talked Joseph down from shooting David. David confronts Elijah at limited edition. Elijah relays his incident with the tan camo jacket guy to David. Elijah makes guesses about David's motives for quitting football. David opens up about his near death and battle with pneumonia when he was young. Still, Elijah will not back down from his belief that David is his opposite. David demands Elijah stay away from his family. Elijah visits a comic store, not his comic store. While David and Audrey have their first date, David listens to the message on the answering machine, or listens to a message on the answering machine. It is Elijah explaining why water is his weakness. I do. I like. I like the asshole that he is in the comic store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's, just he's like, pushing and just goes handbrake, boom, right into your comics. Yeah, and <laughs> and the guy's like, because that's the worst. Like. I'm dealing with a, a crazy guy, but he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. So technically I can, I can remove him probably easier than <laughs> sure. like a normal person, but I don't want to be involved with dealing with a wheelchair person. But you know what I think this is though, is it, this was possibly an actual experience with Shyamalan going into a comic book store and <laughs> yeah. dealing with two sides of it. You have your, like your Elijah and then mm. the other guy. You know, and they're just like, the one guy just doesn't give a shit at all. The mm-hmm. other one's a super eccentric comic guy that's just a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. But you have that two spectrums of asshole. And he's like, this is what happened multiple times I've been there. And this is what I wanted to do was just lie on the ground and say, fuck you, drag me out. This was me versus what? your store. This was me as an independent video store worker and versus you a block for, blockbuster worker. I'm a buster. What if that comic book store was the comic book store that Elijah went to when he was younger? 
to like get away. So it, maybe that was his like fortress of solitude. To, I, like, I've never watched any deleted, so I don't either. know. Yeah. yeah, like maybe that it was it was his place of 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 introspection and, yeah. and yeah. where he decided to you know where he gets his best inspiration. Yeah, because he grew decisions. up there. I mean, that's yeah. probably the same. I, and it might even annoy him because it maybe turned into more of a like where the guy like oh this guy doesn't care yeah. this place isn't taken care of the way it was because when yeah. he was growing up it would have been a lot cleaner a lot nicer now I feel like that's one thing they could have done in the reveal of the like, he's the bad guy of course whatever everybody fucking knows it is maybe do like a scene of him in the comic book store like reading a comic and then just having a moment and then just like flurrying through comics like looking at stuff and thinking like that's when he realized that because he is this person, there's an opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. that would have been kind of like colorful and like kind of good and gave more perspective to him instead of I, him just going like, look at all the shit I did, motherfucker. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> look at my bombs. I made bombs and shit. I, I got schematics everywhere. I'm the evil bitch. I wouldn't have minded. Like, even, and again, like in the Black Mirror situation, it was just having an episode just about Mr. Glass when he was young. Right. Or just shorts. You know what I mean? Shorts are great. They yeah. give you so much info and yeah. you, you don't have to like spend a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's awesome. But, but I am attached to the specific actors who play the mom and the son so i would have a little issue with a yeah, different he was kid. a no one i mean like i know you but know, I, you could have thrown him but in I've there i've seen this movie one stuff. million times so yeah. i know what the kid looks like in my mind this is the child and it's then the mother the is just so good at even though she has kind of a small role in the movie but she's so awesome as the mom i i don't know if i could have another mom i don't know if i could have another mom in this movie okay no comment um, with 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 Elijah's message, listen to David has a thought. He he's gonna go to the train wreckage, like where they keep the train wreckage. He breaks into the warehouse, finds where he was seated, and uh, a flashback happens. The flashback is of David, of an un an unharmed, uninjured David, pulling the car door off of the car, the overturned car to save Audrey from the crash that they were involved with. So this is where we finally get to see that, oh, David is unbreakable. Mm -hmm. He is Mm -hmm. a superhero. He can't be harmed. Yeah. And he is afraid of water. And what a spectacular casting job they did. Yeah. That kid was spot on. Yeah, he did good. He did. He looked just like a young Bruce Willis. After that, David calls Elijah to confess that he has never been hurt. Elijah instructs David on how to use his powers. David goes to a busy subway station. He catches glimpses of various crimes, theft, assault, sexual assault, and a home invasion with a side of murder. David follows the janitor to the house of his victim. He sets the kids free before the janitor shoves him from the balcony, plunging David into the swimming pool where he nearly drowned. No, with the top on. And that that's a weird yeah, scene because I've, that actually elicited a lot of fear for no, me because... I've done the same thing. Yeah. I've, I've been that kid who was like, <laughs> watch me do this. <laughs> I'm going to try and run across it. Oh, oh really? yeah, I'm an idiot kid and fell in. And oh. great thing I had a brother and two sisters who were watching me be an idiot. So I had a hand to get out of that. But it was, it was but fucking But he had a look freaking. on his face. Yeah. It was like... Oh. 
Oh, the waters. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. The water's going to get me. That's that's the thing. That's not even the water that took him down. That's literally the the cover and his big, bulky poncho. Poncho. Yes. So yeah. I wouldn't be able to get out of the water, I don't think, in a big, bulky poncho falling through. And I'm a great swimmer. You yeah. know, like, yes. I don't. Well, it was also, I, I think the main part of it is just his, um, how he acts when it, when it's it happens. A, it's, it's, it's like it's a, that yeah. fear that the when you throw... instinctual fear yeah, and you he starts a, to a baby panic. who ha- doesn't know how to... Like a, a child. Yes. Yeah. And then that child hands him his pole. Yeah. yeah. The kids... Yeah, the kids set him free. David goes back and strangles the evil janitor, <laughs> but he was not in time to save the mother. I laughed my ass off at that strangle scene because it's like a little chi- like I don't know what was going on if they had a shorter guy on him, but it looked like a child on the back of a of a of a, a giant. Yes, like and he's oh, just banging guy. him in the wall, like. It, it, but it was hilarious. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, Bruce Willis is not that tall. Bruce Willis no. is not that strong either. Then, like, it took him fucking eight minutes. Like, this what does this guy have superpowers but he, too? Bruce Willis has giant feet though, much larger oh, than a oh. than a bit of than a big like Russian you know or German. Yeah, like a big a German terrorist. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a large German terrorist who is six foot four has m- tiny feet compared to Bruce Willis. And we know this. Yeah, that's from, yeah, yeah, that's noted. Yeah, so he's a tiny guy with humongous feet. But I don't, I like that scene. I, it is one of those upsetting things. I don't know, like it, it, like it was just so violent. The guy like killing the dad and then whatever he did to the mom, which thank God we don't have to see, but it is that kind of like, oh my God, like this guy's awful. And it's and I the, they have to show you just how awful he is because Bruce Willis has to be able to kill him yeah. and we have to be able to say oh that's yeah. fine yes um, but it is like that thing where the guy is like the wall is crumbling to Bruce Willis's back like every time he oh yeah. bangs him into a wall like it's like yeah. he is just smashing the wall to bits which with you know, the midget on his back with the, <laughs> David returns home after killing the jan- the evil janitor. And he finds Audrey on the couch. He carries her up the stairs with ease. Audrey is impressed. The following morning, David shows Joseph a newspaper clip about an anonymous hero. Oh, no. Don't even underplay that. That was sitting there, pouring on shoes, having this full scene. (laughs) And then he did the slow Uh paper slide. Uh And don't forget... Joseph walked into the kitchen to see his parents happy. Yes, yes. Which was like this huge thing for this kid whose parents were on the verge of divorce. Sure, he heard it. Yeah. The night before. Well, there's probably some banging. But he walked in and he's just like, wow, my parents are happy. They're giggling. They're they're friends. And then... um, You're farting in front of each other again. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, everything's back to normal. And now I get to find out that my dad is a superhero. And that, like, this kid just won the lottery in the in the family department. Yep. And then, but 20 years later, he's a little dickhead <laughs> in Glass. God, I don't even God, remember. I, I saw Glass once. I was, I was, I, so I watched Split after this, and then I watched, I was going to watch Glass, but I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm good. Okay. But Joseph knows that, like, the anonymous character is his dad. He, like, mm-hmm. he, he took one look at the picture and looked at his dad and, the, the 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 tears mm. um and through the teary eyes joseph promises to keep 
it a secret. Yeah. David goes to limited edition where Elijah is hosting an event. David meets Priscilla Price, Elijah's mother. Get the PP. PP. She explains that there are two types of villains, intellectual versus physical villains. She opines that the intellectual villains make the best types of villains for heroes. David and Elijah have a private private moment in the back of the art gallery. Elijah proclaims that this is now when they shake hands. When David touches Elijah's hand, all the terrorist acts that Elijah had orchestrated are now revealed to David. A plane crash, a hotel fire, and the East Rail 177 train derailment. David is shocked, and Elijah tells David as David is storming out of, of, of limited edition, Now that we know who you are, I know who I am. Elijah finally announces his supervillain super moniker, They Call Me Mr. Glass. The movie ends with title cards over stills from the movie. The first says David Dunn leads authorities to the limited edition where evidence of three acts of terrorism were found. The second says Elijah Price is now in an institution for the criminally insane. Roll credits. And that's the kind of... that that That's the thing. Like, Mr. Glass um, orchestrated this entire thing uh-huh. and then immediately is imprisoned. I just uh-huh. don't see that happening. Well, he, he wasn't like he could really escape fast enough. Like He, he wasn't a quick... He wasn't a quickie. No. Um, but at the same time, um, you would think he would have been like, hey, <laughs> I better not tell him until I have an escape route. But no, that's part of the plan. That's part of the whole thing. When you watch the whole movies together, yeah, he I, got caught on purpose because he wanted... I'll, see, I, I need to watch wanted, the other movies He wanted again. eyes off him so he can do his thing. And I, I wanted the movies to be made closer together. Um, Obviously. It would have been better. It would have been better. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I didn't mind Split, but I wasn't in love with Glass. Glass. Yeah. But I kind of want to watch them both again to see, I don't know, Split was an okay movie, and I loved the tie-in at the end, but Glass left me just like, what the fuck was this? Yeah, it was, it was, it, Glass was underwhelming. Incredibly. Incredibly. And Split was fun because, you know, you, you got the mom from Eight is Enough, and she's just giving him, like, some interesting, you know, she's his, his therapist or whatever. And I love that M. Night always brings in these random older actors who you haven't seen in a long time. And they're always these um these almost sages to a certain extent. But, yeah, you know, it was any and, and little uh, little what's his name? Um that adorable boy who plays Spencer uh, Treat Clark. No. no. Um who plays uh the split. Oh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. He is just so attractive, but he can yes. literally sit on my knee. He is a tiny tiny lad. It's okay. God, he's so cute. Like if from a distance he is just <laughs> a doll. And um like I I love seeing him in anything he does. I just think he's a great actor. But um, he did such a great job in that movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He, uh, you in Split, he did a fantastic job of being able to portray many characters. Uh-huh. Like yeah. he did a fantastic job. No, I, he's, he's a great actor. James McAvoy was not. None of the actors were any of my problems with any of the movies. Yeah. Well, Unbreakable. I don't have a problem with, with Split. 
Split I was like a, it. I thought I like Split it, was a good movie. But I yeah. liked it up until the Beast thing. And I was like, oh, come oh, on. That's when I lost interest in it because I really wanted it to be a little bit more psychological and sure. less uh, monster. Sure, um, it was psychological. Until that's it turned the monster. Then no, it turned the monster. Whole, the whole point of that was that was the pain being unleashed. Yeah. Well, I didn't care for it. It, it kind of, I think it got away from what Unbreakable was. Unbreakable was this really very, it was so simple and um, everything else had to be so um, special, special effects and all that other stuff that we yes. didn't have. And yeah. it's never used a lot of special effects. No. And I kind of, I kind of like that. He always kept everything kind of hit. You didn't always have to see the aliens or the monsters. They were kind of hidden from you. You just, it was more about your feeling of them. Yeah. And then I think he let them, because it was so necessary for today's society to have like all this special effects garbage that I, it just, it annoyed me. Okay. Yeah. Josh, what are your, what are your wrap up feelings about this movie? Okay. So this is what I got here. Okay. The big reveal from M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong. Oh, yeah. The big reveal. I was In the get end, that. David Dunn wasn't happy being mediocre and not saving lives. And that burdened his relationship with his wife. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's a better person for everything that Elijah did for him. So, you know. True. True. You, yeah. You, you'd be correct. Without Elijah... Uh, yeah. uh, David Dunn. David's, he uh, saved David's marriage. Yeah, sure. He I'll saved say, the whole family unit in that yeah, regard. He absolutely like, did. He's a he's a, an amazing man. Sure. I'll say this. There is a lot of uh, humanity in this movie yeah. where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything with my life. I'm married and blah, 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 and I have a kid, but it's not enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no shit. People feel like that. Um, There's multiple uh, facets of it that are, that are kind of in that in that vein so and of all this is probably this this is my favorite Shyamalan movie yeah I'll say that but I'm still like I don't know there I'm but I'm also not a huge fan of him weirdly enough I'm a huge because fan it's but back in the day I wouldn't say yeah. I'm still a huge fan of, I don't know. but there are certain but I'm like I'm a critical douche when it comes to stuff like this I'm gonna say it I don't care <laughs> like it's fine like I'll watch stuff I watch now and I'm like, dude, that could have been so much better if they did this, but you know, I'm not a fucking writer or anything like that. But it's a very entertaining movie. I remember watching it when it came out and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was like, because it was different. It was not your normal like superhero movies before that, what was it? Spawn, mm-hmm. you know, Sp- uh, Spider Man, it just came out, X Men, sure. and then you had obviously Batman's and Superman. The the scope was bigger. This was small scope. This was small scope. Play, it was also you know I mean? during a time that we didn't have a lot of superhero. Like no. I was craving yeah. superhero movies back then, and then they got, of course, where they are now, where there's yeah. every five minutes we have a new superhero sure. movie coming out. But back then, I was so excited to have this. I didn't go in knowing what I was going to see. I came out like, oh my god, I finally got to see another superhero movie. I think I think that was a really good job by by the. Um, I, the marketing Disney, teams and yeah. Disney itself yeah. as with the, their marketing team where they didn't reveal a whole lot right. about that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be a superhero movie when I went in to watch it the right. first time. I didn't know what to expect from it. And then watching it, I was no. like, Oh shit. I went okay. to see it. Cause I liked 
The Sixth Sense. And that was the and biggest And I worked at a video store at the time, and I saw all the movies that came out. Yeah. So I went to go no, see it. Yeah, yeah, when I worked I at the like, great Blockbuster yeah. Video, you know. The wonderful the Blockbuster yep. Video. Yeah. The that Juggernaut. Was a, a half a mile from my Superstar Video. Juggernaut. Ooh. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was a mile and a half. You know, I, I, I worked for Viacom, so I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I was, I was working at a good old mom and pop shop they where own, I just, and we had porn. They own a lot of billboards now, so that's what they do. Yeah. But I mean, so that, yeah, that was like, as far as superhero movies go, it was, um, it kind it came out of left field, mm-hmm. you, and um, I don't know. You didn't have to know anything. No, no. like like you did. You didn't have to know who the next uh, the X Men were. You didn't have to know who Batman was. You didn't mm-hmm. have to know who Superman was. You didn't have to know shit about mm-hmm. any comic book. Yeah, he, heroes or villains. To watch this movie and walk away from it being like, that was a cool fucking superhero Because they taught you everything you needed to yeah. know within the film. Yes. You know, like yes. they explained to you how uh, villains and, and heroes work. And they explained to you how, um, how you know, like the backgrounds of these people. Like everything was right there for you. And it yeah. was so slow and soft. Like I, there were, I just loved it. I like, there was a time where I watched this movie all the time because it was so comforting almost and it, everything was so soft spoken that I could watch it right before bed. It there was there weren't big explosions that would wake me up and it was just like this really calm it had a calming effect on me and I loved it. I've always loved this movie. Nice. It's just like the Ponderosa, you know. Bonanza. It's like that Ponderosa? Yeah. Just like Bonanza. Yeah, I like the other Ponderosa. Good old Pondy. Yeah. Um this was one of the last movies that I really... Well, outside of Signs, which followed this, which I enjoyed as well. This this movie, the twist wasn't... It was He was still new at the twist thing, so it, you didn't really see it coming. Like, you weren't looking out for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but people were starting to catch on. I think you thought the f- twist was going to be that he really is a superhero. Sure, sure. And then... At the end, you get the even better twist. I I think the better twist is that you, if you weren't paying attention too much, that mm-hmm. Elijah Price was the yeah. villain. Yeah, like, like that. I, that right. was the biggest twist. Yeah. I, I I think us finding out that he was the superhero was supposed to happen. Yeah, like you should have been figuring it well, out the whole time. Been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we're focused on him. He survived the fucking train crash. And even if you were kind of like, oh wait, he—they're clearly opposite. So, because I think that they, if you're if you're a hopeful person, you're kind of like, they're going to be uh, partners in crime. Sure. Like he's going to be the the guy sitting in the back saying, the "Okay, chair. David, get back." You know, like I found some some baddies over here. Yeah, David, he, go handle that. He's going to be the, so the, the yeah. chair, is what they yeah exactly call the it. chair. And I think that you kind of hope that's going to happen but you also know he's you know he's also got some anger issues and that maybe that's not the issue true but then you find out that he's not only is he the the evil guy but he's the one who caused the accident and that's kind of the thing that's the big twist i think yeah because even if you were kind of like i think he might be the villain did you know that he started, sure. he caused all these, and not just that accident, but many accidents. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. In which I don't remember getting any reveals or, or like tidbits. I don't remember seeing anything or hearing anything saying, oh, 
there was you know there was a a hotel fire or there was a plane crash. I don't remember. He he mentioned earlier that he uh, when he was meeting with David and, and Joseph. Um, that every time that there's an accident or something like that, he checks to see if there are any checks, survivors. Yeah, yeah. And that is kind of like a, wait a minute, why are you always following all these horrible sure. happenings and are, you're always looking for survivors? Sure. Yeah. So and, basically what he was yeah. saying is like, I, I checked those for a long time, but then I created my own and this yeah. is what caused it. But you know what they could have done is like kind of like a red herring is um, like a religious aspect. You know what I mean? Just to throw you off completely, be like, are you like son of God? You're unbreakable. That's too oh. much, Joshua. <laughs> no, you could do that. You all you had to do was do it like in an article or have some kind of guy pop up real quick. Well, that could have been like yeah, that could have been the, just so like like you know the just inquirer. to give you a different yeah. you know. Well, that could have been like on the just inquirer. to get off the scent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that was Unbreakable, an M Night Shyamalan film that uh, was released in the year 2000. Quite a long time ago. Yeah. 23 years ago. Almost 24 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for our next movie, it is Josh's pick. Josh, what you got? We got Dark Man. Oh, Dark yes. Man. Some Liam Neesons? Liam Neesons. Yes. It's the Liam Neesons. It's a great movie. One, one, one of the movies I watched uh, quite a bit when I was younger. I didn't watch it much afterwards, but when it had come on HBO... It'd be I'd I'd watch it. I was never a fan. I think I was just a little too old oh, when it came out because I know my little brother was a girl. fan. And um, as much as I love kind of the superhero genre, I just don't. I don't know. I knew Liam Neeson from uh, the movie Satisfaction with Justine Bateman and High Julia spirits. Roberts. He was in that? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I, was, oh, was, High Spirits. Yes. yes. I was thinking of the other, uh, another movie. I was thinking of that witch movie with, uh, I don't know. I loved High Spirits. Yeah. I love High Spirits. I haven't seen that in a long time. Mm-hmm. I kind of forgot. I've they, never seen the movie that you were talking about. Uh, Satisfaction. My yeah. father still is still angry that I, he, that we made him take us to see that movie at Christown, <laughs> uh, UA cinemas in the 1980s. Ooh. And, um, it was a terrible movie. I loved it. It had a great weird cast. Um, yeah, it was a it was about a girl rock group. Okay. Um, Liam Neeson's is a um, kind of a an alcoholic songwriter of some sort who kind of befriends the girls and starts sleeping with Justine Bateman. And okay. I was just like, who is this weird old guy? Because even then, he seemed like an old guy, and he was probably like what in his thirties back is then. It, is that Jason Bateman's mama? It's his sister. Oh, his sister. She okay. starred on Family Ties. Okay. She All also right. did an episode of Arrested Development. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, it okay. was kind of off. It was awkward because she flirted with him a little bit on the episode. <laughs> um, but yeah. But it wasn't Marta. It was not Marta. <laughs> it was one or two. So you can watch Dark Man on AMC Plus or rent it. Yeah. So that's it's watchable. Sam Raimi directed by. Mm-hmm. You know? I actually good knew Sam that. Raimi. Yeah. Like, that's that's another reason why I enjoyed it. For the budget, which is sixteen million. Ooh. Sam yeah, Raimi was, always got a lot done with very little. Yeah, very they were very practical. His his production mm-hmm. teams were very practical. Heavy. And guess mm-hmm. what? We got a little Bruce Campbell in there. Little Bruce yeah. Campbell. You gotta have a little, got Bruce, a little Campbell Bruce Campbell if you're gonna Lucy. have some Sam Raimi. Leading they always lady, come Frances together. Frances McDormand. Fran- the beautiful mm-hmm. Frances McDormand. Yeah. 
The great yeah. actress. I love Frances McDormand. You got you got the tookening. The Liam Neeson's. <laughs> Fran- not um, she's not just nominated. She won, right, Frances? Yes, yeah, Frances, she's won. Uh, yeah. Has won. She won for Larry Drake, who played Doctor Giggles. Oh God, Larry yeah, Drake from Dr. L.A. Law. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Arnie, for, well, not Arnie. Uh, Larry, um, what was it? He's the main bad guy. Something from L.A. Law. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Durant. Durant. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's all. He that's also all played. Didn't he that. die a few years ago? He he played um, on like the TV version of Annie. I think uh, he, played, he died in 2016. Yeah, he played the um, uh, Daddy Warbucks mm. on the uh, TV version oh. of the Annie movie. I did not see any of these things, but I've always followed his career. Okay. All right. Mainly just because I had nothing better to do. All right. Well, yeah. Oh, he was in the Karate Kid. What the fuck? The Karate Kid? I don't kid? remember that. I don't know. The that. Karate Kid? Or which Karate Kid? It said The Karate Kid. Well, yeah. was it the Will Smith's Child's version? No, it was the old one. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the Ralph Machio. Oh, the Ralph Machio. The Ralph Machio. Ralph Machio. One. The never aging Ralph Machio. <laughs> well, he's aged now. Yeah. He's finally old. He finally looks like he's 50, but he's, he's not 60. 28 yeah. playing 15 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Kissing young girls. <laughs> it's fine. You're in a movie. Come it's here, okay. little girl. <laughs> Yeah, if you'd like to watch and um, spoil it yourself, go and uh, rent Darkman. Which brings us to our next segment. Give me the juice. Give me the juice. What do you got? Just well, um, so what is it? What we've seen lately? Yeah, what you've seen. Maybe, um, maybe read a new book. Or so I maybe would like you did, to talk maybe about you this. took up a snake sighting. I did not take up snake sighting. Okay. I'm a birder. Okay. Um, I haven't seen, birds don't like snakes. <laughs> I, birds and snakes don't get along. A friend of mine did send me a picture of a bird on the on the uh, phone today. Okay. So I, I identified it for her. Um, other than that, that's what I do. Is there an app? No, yeah, it's I called just, Google Image. No, I don't know how to use that. Um, so uh, I watched a movie I'm recently. elderly. I'm, a, I'm an elderly lady. I don't know how to use the Google Image. I hear about it all the time, though, on the interwebs. I uh, I've watched uh, To Catch a Murder. What's catch a, a killer. Jeff? Okay. Yeah, is it? Watch a Jeff. I watched uh, To Catch a Killer the other night on the, on the, the television set. Um, it stars Ben Mendelsohn. I don't know if you guys oh, are aware. I, I know I'm which a, one that you're talking about. I've been waiting for it to be free so I could watch so it. So I'm a big lover of Ben Mendelsohn. He's I don't cool. know if you guys know this. Um, I love him very, very much. Um, ever since the, uh, the what was it, The Outsider starring uh, mm-hmm. the, the, fu- the Fugit, Fugit uh, I don't know, the Fugit boy from, from, uh, from the 90s movies. Um, I just love that kid. So I watched the show for that kid. And it also starred, uh, what's his name, Kathy, um, the actor who died several years ago. So I think the show ended because of this actor's death. Uh, no, there was it was really uh, it's a Stephen King uh, uh, book. Kind, yeah. It was ba- the series based was on, yeah. based on the books, yeah. and it would it goes into a different. I thought set they of wanted books. to go further, but Kathy died, and he was kind of the he was like second build, third build on the show. But Ben Mendelsohn, of course, the great Ben Mendelsohn. So Catch a Killer, not a great movie. So don't pay for it. 
okay, cool. I'm glad yeah. I had it. Yeah. Don't pay for it. It's and why is that? Is it that little weird girl with the weird the, face yeah. that supposedly had fucking Aaron Rodgers teabagger? Oddly enough, <laughs> she wasn't that bad in the movie, um, even though I usually find her incredibly boring. She's boring in this movie, too. What were those movies she was in? That, that uh, those horrible, like they were like the, the Divergent? Main, yeah, the Divergent. Yeah. yeah, the yes. series. They're like, was, you're yeah. different. Yeah. You're different. They were like, like, let's yeah, get yeah, a Yeah, I girl. make this weird, stupid face all the time. I didn't understand I'm it. a divergent. It was like the movies that that other annoying, uh, very boring actress. Um, who's that other boring? Oh, you're talking about the, the, the Hunger Games? The Hunger Games. Yeah, the equally boring actress who's a little slightly more attractive. But Ben Mendelsohn can carry any movie because he's amazeballs. But the movie itself. that. You know what? You can just shut up. Um, I love Ben Mendelsohn. I don't know if I can say that enough. Okay. And um, so don't pay for this movie. It was not very good. But, okay. I, yeah. The, I, fucking trailers, man. I know. It, cause it trailers, looked, man. It looked good. It looked great. That, that's, what I, that's what I was like. Oh, I like Ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. I, want, I can't stand her that well, but I'll give it up because Ben Mendelsohn is in it. Maybe she redeems herself. Okay, good men, a good Ben Mendelsohn movie is Mississippi Grind, if you haven't seen that. Oh, I will have to put that into my Check it out. Okay. Check it out. Okay. Yeah, it's a Ryan Reynolds, Ben Mendelsohn fest. Oh, okay. It's amazeballs. Um, I really I, liked it. I, I, I've not seen it, but I know what movie yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, okay. it's, it's an older one, but yes. it, it's good. And it has. I, had, I like the soundtrack on that one, too. All right, Josh, how about you? Um... I don't see that a lot. I've been watching a lot of anime lately. I've been sick. So He's been sick. He I've can't watch movies when he's sick. He can only watch anime. I've watched like 600 episodes of uh, One, Piece. One Piece in the last like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's unhealthy. I watched, the, I watched the live action. I think I talked about it last time. And I was like, I want to compare some of the plot points. And I've just been watching that like in my sleep too. So Okay. Other than that, winning time ended. I love it. But oh. it, it ended. That's done. Yeah, no, yeah. They're, because, they're I thought they were going to keep up. going, but it was just, it's over. They showed them lose one, and they're like, they won the next two, and here's a bunch of stats and shit. And blah, I blah, also blah. was watching that I show. think it was because they did get a bunch of blowback for it, because like a lot of the guys that were in that movie or the show, they're like... Shit. They're like, that's not you're you're interpreting us the wrong way. Like, like I know uh, Jerry West was very Jerry vocal West about pissed. It. Yeah, he was um, pissed. Kareem was pissed too. Man point was too. that he was so, the actor who was, I can't remember who. Played I love, Jerry dude, West. I love the guy that played Jerry West. It was it. what's his name? Like Brody, wasn't it? No, no, no. no that's that's no. Pat Riley. Yeah, no, Jerry West was played. He by, was like a hick. It's that guy who's he's in a lot of things and he doesn't look anything like himself as Jerry West. Was he Australian? I have no idea. Oh, he's just really good in the oh, role. Oh, it's uh, Jason Clark. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, yes. I. They must put some jowls on him or something because he's his face looks very different. Yeah, but he's also a little older, I think, than he seems like in real life. But Jerry West was really pissed off about it. But they yeah, do have him kind of banging chicks all over the place. I don't think Larry gave a fuck because Larry just doesn't give a fuck. No. You know, I mean, they did depict him maybe, well, maybe not worse. Who knows? I don't know. I just like that whole rivalry they had where it was like, and the, the beat LA bled through the entire league because eventually no one gave a shit about Boston after like Larry left. They were just terrible. Yes. And then they had a resurgence. But anyways, 
Yeah. Um, but the Beat LA was like a prominent thing for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, fuck Boston. I was like, that's funny. Dude, we still had a, we had a sign at the bar forever that said Beat LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they took that down because we don't do... No, I'm just kidding. We're fine. Everything's good. <laughs> Over the weekend, I had heard about a new film dropping. I read an article about it where the director went on to explain that the first 15 minutes of it had no dialogue. So then after that, he wanted to continue that. The movie is called No One Will Save You. It is fantastic. There is zero dialogue in it. It is a horror, an alien horror movie. It has Caitlin Deaver in it. She is fucking phenomenal. That came... Yeah, I, I, I did see that available it's on hulu yeah it's on hulu if if you love horror if you love alien horror if you love movies that do one type of thing or or maybe maybe you know you like one shots or continuous one shot one takes or or um i don't know you something unique that a movie a movie should normally have but isn't included but still executes it fantastically well he did love and monsters this oh, is that the writer. Movie. Okay. The writer did Love and Monsters. Explains why I enjoy it because it the is the writer and the director. It is fantastic. So, um, yeah, I go. You should. Up oh, did the screenplay for Diversion. Fuck it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'll check it out. No one will save you. Is good. It is fantastic. It is a great October movie. All right. Oh, he did the Babysitter. Okay. Perfect. I love that movie too. And something else, I oh maybe this was what maybe I maybe it says that on the preview or on the description because I did look at this movie and maybe that's what I saw because I was gonna say I saw something that had something to do with the babysitter just the other day. Okay, that was probably this was probably it. Okay. Right. Um, now it comes for uh, reviews. Uh, we still do not have any reviews. I haven't even received an email. Well, I did receive an email, but it wasn't a review. It was just more about how we could get exposure. It was it was it was a bot thing. We'll try that. <laughs> I I'm love bots. Robots are smart. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Um so yeah, if you would like to leave us a rating or anything, you can uh either leave us a five star review on Spotify, um on Apple iTunes. Um, you can go to the to Instagram at at the Amateur Movie Review Hour. You can leave us a review there. Um, you can email us at the Amateur Movie Review Hour at gmail dot com. Um, you can email us about what I got wrong and what Megan and Josh get right. <laughs> Everything. Um. So thank you all for listening. This has been the Amateur Movie Review Hour. Good night. See you next time, guys. Oh, hold on. Before we get out of here, ratings. Oh, ratings. Oh, ratings. 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 What do you give? What do you give Unbreakable? I got four whispers. Okay. What do we go up to? A five? Yes. Not, yes. Yes. Five teen. I'm going to give it. Uh, I think it's aged really well. I'm giving it a five. I'm going to give it five spiral fractures. Ooh. Yeah. So thank you for listening. This has been the Amateur Movie Review Hour. Toodaloo. You're unbreakable. <laughs> nice. Joshua.